Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Our Ladies of Sorrow. It was written by Kevin Ross. Our game master is Alex Sun, and this is episode 18, which will be the finale. Our recap will be given by me as my character, Rooster McManus. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. I've been studying the occult, and I'll admit, it brings some tension to my relationship with Dr. Ramey. Life is never easy. The three mothers are suppressed, we think, for a little while. If they don't find a way to kill us before our time, we'll surely meet them on our last day. Andy is dead, killed by Lacrimorum. But he went out fighting. Still, the hardest thing is to face, even harder than facing the three mothers, will be telling his family. I'm pretty sure she's going to hold us responsible. We were supposed to watch out for him. And maybe we are all responsible. All they're going to feel is meaningless loss, but we know that he was a hero. He gave his life to stop her, to wear her down, so that we could damage her in some way. The thunder crashed, the blood flowed, but the waters finally receded. We left Esteban to care for his people and rebuild. I wish I could say that things would get better for him, but prejudice still has a grip on Balefrey. Maybe if hate and anger die and caring and tolerance grow, the shadows of the mothers will fade away. A positive sign is uh, the lunatic Barry Phillips. Uh, he's in therapy. Oh, he's locked up. But I'm trying to keep into contact. Uh, I'm trying to keep in touch with everyone that's been affected by the three. Kurt, Brigham, Brenda, all of us for sure. I figure, too, you have to appreciate the love that you have, even in the face of evil forces like darkness, sighs, and tears. Live until you die. And don't forget your friends. Thank you, Tom. So, I'd like to ask how you're going to handle telling Andy's wife about his death. Well, he saved people from the flood. Okay. Yeah. And he was he severely injured in the process. He saved children from a monster. Not not her, but Barry Phillips. Child murderer. Yeah, no need to get into any of the uh, supernatural elements. It's... All right, very well. I'll take uh, interpersonal skill. Um, yeah, let's see. Anyone? Got a 42, which... It's not very adequate. I mean, I don't pass, but it, it sounds... It's not very comforting. All right, so was that a failure? Husband. 
It's a failure. All right, all right. So it doesn't go well. It goes worse than you expected. So his wife is freaking out, shrieking. Uh, it's it's bad, and it's it definitely will get a little awkward. They're still invited to the funeral, which we will actually flash forward to. It's October tenth. You're all back in Boston. Uh, give me a group luck roll. I'm at twelve. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> that is eighteen. A fail, but not very far off. <laughs> it's pouring. Yeah, of course. It so is. You, it's a Saturday, and you are all inside for this service so the casket is blessed a lot of andy's family is here it's pretty crowded where they are uh just taking part in this prayer this session uh priest is offering bread and wine the casket is blessed and as you as the pallbearers bring the casket out into the rain and to lower the body into the ground uh you all are standing around it and possibly dressed up using umbrellas uh giovanni you see the people who last saw your brother alive mm-hmm. how do you feel he well first uh you you just see especially for rooster and uh, june you've known giovanni to be a very protective older brother right. of andy right um uh, he and I would even like to add that mm-hmm. their explanation of it doesn't add up I, I would have seen the body like everyone saw it but the was the was the cut covered I'm just wondering uh yes he was dressed up and dressed up yeah makes sense person uh made sure that the body was prepared for viewing okay well you just see uh a tall man over just barely like six foot barely six feet um very broad shouldered he has a he has a broken nose a couple scars on his face looks like he's been through a lot um he's been known to be he's kind of a scary uh has scary demeanor he would look very um distraught because he feels that he wasn't there to protect andy um he would be crying as for a stoic for a stoic person he's trying to keep it in he's still crying uh but yeah, it it doesn't sit for him. It doesn't sit right with him. Um, he would be looking mostly at Rooster in June, almost very suspiciously. Um, but he'll keep to himself. Uh, he's just he's he's just watching people uh, lowering down uh, his little brother's uh, body. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anyone have any words they'd like to say about Andy? <laughs> This time of grief and sorrow. He's a great father, a good man, and his death was not in vain. He saved people. His life mattered. His death mattered. Okay. He's going to be remembered for a long time. I think his final act was courageous, selfless, and made his his family very proud. 
And at this point, Laura breaks down, sobbing, prostrating herself in front of the grave. The kids look scared. Um, uh, Giovanni will be there, uh, right next to Laura. He's not really the best person to comfort somebody, uh, but, um, he is, at least he's, he's there with her, so she's not alone. Um, he'll just try to uh, tell the kids, um, like, try to hug them all together on his broad shoulders, like, telling them everything's gonna be okay, we'll take care of you. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, very awkwardly. He's not really good at this stuff. Yeah, but something's eating away at you. Something's eating away at the back of your mind saying this is not the full story. Mm -hmm. And as the rest of the... Uh, does anyone else have any last words for Andy? Okay. So then the attendees begin to disperse and... Perhaps maybe you stay a little longer, but Giovanni, you found yourself with the opportunity to confront mm -hmm. these four. Uh, if you wish. Uh, yeah. Um, of course, he'll escort Laura. Um, hopefully, he'll be taken care of. She'll be taken care of by his family. Of course. Um, so she won't be alone. Uh, then he'll just, he actually will stare uh, sternly at both Rooster and June since. They kind of grown up together uh and said we'll say that in a stern voice um your story does not add up i'll i'll look around to see there's there's none of the other relatives are around no they are basically getting into their cars and driving away it is pouring Geo, come here. All right. What is it? Look, we didn't want to upset a lot of people, but you know, I've known you for a long time. We were there and it was raining. It, it, the, the levees broke. Uh, this, the town was flooded. We uh, got in a boat. We were trying to rescue people. Now, what we didn't know was that there was a lunatic in that town that was murdering children. Um, Barry Phillips is his name. He's now locked up. Um, there's plenty of evidence that he was murdering children. Unfortunately, we ran afoul of this guy, and in the process of fighting him off, uh, he killed your brother. He did it. They were fighting. There was a, a broken window in the flood, and your brother was forced down onto it. I was right there trying to hit the guy with a baseball bat. We eventually got him off, but we cradled your brother until he died. We took him straight to the hospital. He wasn't the only one hurt. June was hurt. A lot of us were hurt. But if there hadn't been that damn flood and all those broken cars and windows and things, he put up a good fight. But that fucker killed him. We just didn't want to 
tell your tell his wife that he had his throat slashed on a broken window and I mean it's he upsetting. was a hero he did save people he saved children from that flood yeah um, uh, Gio will take a moment just processing all of this in he's feeling anger uh only because he wasn't there and also even more anger on why didn't he uh why didn't his brother tell him um it happened so fast within the course yeah. of a day or two it was we were all trapped there yeah i'm just more concerned that uh he was when he first moved in he was in the care of you you helped him move in when he first came to boston and then he went out again with you uh came back uh hero some sorts i don't really watch the news very much and then again he went out with with all of you and now he's dead what what's up like there's there's more to this he's been moving there, a lot more is there, there you're asking for reasons this is effort what what, what what reason i don't i don't know you and to be quite honest i didn't know your brother all that well but this it's it's you're asking the impossible of these people what 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 possible answer could they give you what 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 comfort what are you what are you fishing for this if if anything the fault of andy is antonio is that he doesn't tell me things very much because he doesn't want me to worry i'm his big brother i'm his older brother i worry about him especially when he got jumped by a bunch of kids in high school i wasn't there that's why he walks with a limp i feel partially responsible for that i want to know there's something so bothering me on why why this happened it's 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 not your fault is that what you want is it absolution Andy, you cared what... very deeply for people you know he went out of his way to help this man and i'm gesturing at nathaniel find his daughter a man that he barely knew he went out of his way to help people when his apartment building was on fire. He saved people then too. And his final act was saving a little boy who was being drowned by someone. Your brother cared very deeply for people. He had a well of empathy and it was not limited to just people that he knew well. He touched many lives of people that he was a stranger to. And that's beautiful. He was a beautiful person. Um, Gia, we're we're holding something back from you. Uh, that, that's if anything, there's something eating at my head. That there's something else. Look, I've always liked you and your family. Um, but. I don't know whether it was because of 
you know, Andy's leaving the priesthood or what, um, he chose a, a bad place to live in, you know, in Boston. And if we, if we explain any of this to you, it's going to involve you and put you in a great deal of danger. Um, I, I mean, uh, there are things that are evil and destructive and our whole our whole adventure if you will started at the place where andy lived and uh we had to kind of rescue him out of that along with some other people um, I, I don't know if, if he told you anything about that. You know, the place burned to the ground. Yes, he, he did. I had to help him. And uh, it was once my say now wife, uh, help him move into our place. We took care of we took care of his uh, kids. And, and, and did he Laura. tell you anything? Did he tell you that something was after him? Well, even when we kept contact uh, when he was in Los Angeles, uh, he tells he tells me about the things that he deal with. Um, I think is supernatural. Uh, if anything, I des I described this to my uh, grand to our uh, grandmother, and she says "malachio, malachio," something something evil. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 an exaggeration <laughs> it's it's more than than what your grandma thinks the, the reason why he the reason why we were involved was because of the difficulties he was having in that place as well as what we identified as an evil we don't know what spirit or whatever um as a result in boston we ended up with what three or four people dead and and Brenda in the hospital, and um, it was it was a nightmare. But it was only the beginning. Uh, Nathaniel's daughter was abducted by one of these things, and we went there to rescue her and managed to do it. And then finally, we were called to Chicago, the Chicago area, Bailford, for exactly the same reason that one of these things was there and it was murdering children and that's why we went and we almost died all of us and unfortunately andy didn't make it uh, but that person that i mentioned barry phillips was possessed by this thing and we did finally drive it away but not before we paid the price and we don't even know that it's over yet we don't and that's why bringing you in on it just puts your life in danger we've got people in the mental hospital we've got people on the verge of suicide it's a wonder i'm so cheery yeah. i mean i and you see uh giovanni has has he's still wearing his ring he said, well, I mean, I already lost uh, my wife uh, three years ago to a terminal illness. It's cancer. 
now I lo now I lose my little brother now. I, if only I wish I died before him. If anything, I'm I'm grateful that uh, Rooster, you can tell me there's something at least supernatural involved. I mean, I, the thing is, is that I can't offer you any vengeance. I don't think I, these things can be stopped entirely. And I think they're probably going to come for us eventually. And I mean, if you well, want to get involved, you're in danger. But I mean, to be I mean, quite honest, what difference does it make? And it's true. I mean, at Death least we're fighting against them. All. At least we're trying to save other people. I I just want to know, and uh, I mean, Andy's always been known, at least what he tells me, he fights against things that seem unnatural. Well, why but... don't you join us somewhere, and we'll give you every piece of information we have, but it's going to seem both ludicrous and and we are warning you that it is deadly dangerous. He, he looks at you quite uh, almost skeptically. Um, you good, good. You should be complete. You should think we're completely nuts. Yeah. Blame yeah. us for everything <laughs> and and stay safe yeah. and take care of your family. He just takes a deep breath. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's besides, maybe we should go somewhere when it's not pouring. We've been out here too long. Maybe you should go to a to cafe. a diner somewhere, a yeah. cafe. Yes. Yeah. Nice yeah. to get out of the rain. Wonderful. Um. So. Would you like to pick up all your files that you have on the three sisters and sure. your experiences, Rooster? All right. Most of it's in my on my in my phone. So I mean, at this point, it's a mythos tome. So yeah, it's a mythos phone. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that means since you're reading it, bad things can happen. If you're oh. going to just look through all these notes, you're going to lose some sand. Oh, so. I guess we're in a cafe. Rooster's just saying, "Okay, here, here, here," while yep. we're having coffee. I'm letting you put it together yourself and yeah, explaining uh, what you need. But if at any moment you want to say stop and walk out, please, right? Stop and walk out. So, so do you? Yeah, he's stop he's gonna and walk read out. Or are you okay? Oh, he's gonna read it. All right. So maybe you pour over this thing for hours. Yeah, I. I I failed that. Oh, it's not even a roll. You're just going to lose. You're going to lose? Oh, how much? D8. D8? Okay, that's fair. Yikes. Okay. Is he going to freak out of the car? <laughs> Go red mist and kill everybody. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I need to get my other dice. I didn't know I needed D8. He, he's been through a lot of crap. Oh, he loses seven. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, fair. so you come to the realization that Maybe you start to disassociate. You start to realize that you have no control over your life because that there's these entities out there that you can never stop. You can never get vengeance for. Mm -hmm. And you feel so small and powerless and that these forces, they're always going to exist. 
There's nothing you can do about it. And that powerlessness, it just makes you freeze up. Hey, you're, you're right there? Um, Take care. Uh, he, he, you, you see Joy like shaking. Um, he's usually a, a well-composed man, but he, he's shaking as he reads the, or reads all this information. Um, I get, I can see why, uh, Andy hasn't told me all of these things. Yeah, it was probably for the best. Um, and I'm sorry that you had to find out about all this, really. Um, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. Uh, I mean, I, I'm already, I'm a, I mean, I already, I already um, lost my wife. I mean, my kids are in college right now. Uh, it's only, it's only me. Um, all I have is time. Right now, so. We just thought it might help if you. Maybe got some actual closure. So I. Uh, yeah, I'll make sure this. I won't tell Laura about this. Uh. I, I just wish I could have done something, or at least if Andy told me, maybe I could have helped him, or even all of you. But well, we'll okay. keep in touch. Mm. I mean, I've got to get back home soon. All right. Yeah. So, unless otherwise, uh, anyone else thinks different, maybe they leave one by one, leaving you alone with these notes. <laughs> I won't uh, leave him alone with his phone. No, no, you can send over files. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll okay. transfer them. Over. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. He might be the last one to leave until he goes back to his own apartment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Ooh. we can fade to black there and start some the vignettes. You're gonna have about two months free. So, what do you do in the meantime? What is life after all this trauma? And uh, who'd like to go first? I'll, I'll go. Um, Nathaniel's going to go back home. He's going to take the helm of his curiosities shop and throw himself into his work and, and his studies, getting out sailing when he can. Mm -hmm. Spending a lot of time just reveling in being able to be safe and at home with his family and trying to forget uh, and enjoy life mm -hmm. right and i'm gonna ask this question for all of you but what lessons did you learn from the events of the three sisters you know nathaniel had somewhat of a sense of agency before that mm -hmm. there was a problem he could either learn about it, read a book, uh, seek help, and execute a plan and solve the problem. And that there weren't very many things that were beyond um, beyond control for someone who was dedicated. He learned that over the course of this these trials that there are things out there that you just can't do anything about. 
that you have to find ways to live around them, to try and preserve your sanity. But um, I think his sense of being able to take a problem face head on and face it, um, it's kind of a sobering experience for him. Um, I think with as short of a period of time to recover, I think most of his takeaways so far have not been very constructive or positive. Maybe over the, you know, the coming years, he'll find some silver linings in this experience. But right now, um, Nathaniel's pretty down about it. Okay. Very nice. Thank you for sharing. I'd like to go next. I'll go. Um, June doesn't have anyone to go home to, uh, but cats. So um, she would be very um, eager to forget everything and would engage in self-destructive behavior. I think uh, going to the classroom, doing your job, doing your job, but at the end of the day, coming home and just doing whatever is possible to forget because her takeaway from all of this is like Everett said that death comes for all of us. There is an inevitability and there's very little that you can do about it. And the fact that we didn't even defeat these things, we just made them go away for a little while and and she feels like uh, eventually they're going to come back and come looking for her. So she's just trying to disassociate from it all. Right. And there's this horrifying question in your mind. How long can you keep this up? Exactly. The semblance of normal, uh, just being normal and being happy. Well, I'll let you sit on that. Who'd like to go next? I'll go. So, after these events, I kind of throw myself into the study of the occult. Right. Um, You'll find some stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I take at least one trip to Cornell University that has one of the largest collections of occult stuff. I uh, subscribe to um, uh, the Ritman Library, the Philosophica, Hermetica in Amsterdam online to have access. And I'm just, I'm just deeply studying the things that I find to see if there's any you know, golden thread of truth that runs through all of this stuff. Right. I'm so you're getting not... into the occult and you turn towards mythology because that was a running theme and the sisters that you thought before and you uh, you come across Hecate. Hecate. In Greek mythology, Hecate was a goddess of darkness, the moon, the night, the dead, and magic. She is either a minor goddess or one of the Titans, the daughter of the Titans Persis and Asteria, related by birth to Apollo and Artemis. When Zeus and the gods defeated the Titans, only Hecate was allowed to stay in Olympus, where she was given influence over a portion of the earth, the sky, and the sea. She is said to be the queen of ghosts, accompanied on her nocturnal travels by a host of dead spirits and howling hellhounds. Her approach is said to be accompanied by the frenzied howling of dogs and sometimes by earth tremors. 
Her appearance varies, but is usually said to be terrifying. In human form, Hecate has snakes for hair, wears a necklace of testicles, and carries a torch and a whip or a sword. Her statues are often set up at the crossroads, a location she also favored. These statues usually had three heads, a dog, a serpent, and a horse, each facing a different direction. Because of her relationship with the crossroads, she also had the appellations Antea, she who meets, Enodia, she who appears on the way, and Triodis, the goddess of parting ways. She can cause nightmares, insanity, and suicide, and can raise the dead among her other magical powers. The Greek witches Circe and Medea are both said to have been daughters of Hecate. With Artemis and Selene, she is a triple lunar goddess, her aspect being the crone, and her influence the waning and the darkening moon. Legend has it that Hecate was one of the few who heard Persephone's cries when she was abducted by Hades, and afterwards befriended the underworld's new queen. This may have been the beginning of Hecate's role as underworld goddess and companion of the dead. Sorcerers are said to invoke her assistance in magical workings, offering her sacrifices of dog, her favorite animal, or a ram. Those fearing Hecate might try to appease her with offerings of food, honey, eggs, onions, fish, left either outside the door or at the crossroads at the end of the month. Hecate is sometimes said to have as her companions a goblin named Empusa, a poltergeist called Cecropsis, and a ghoul named Mormo. One ritual invoking her reads, Come, infernal, terrestrial, and heavenly Bombo, goddess of the broad roadways, of the crossroads, thou who goest to and fro at night, torch in hand, enemy of the day. Friend and lover of darkness, thou who dost rejoice when the bitches are howling and warm blood is spilled, thou who art walking amidst the phantoms and in the place of the tombs, thou whose thirst is blood, thou who dost strike chill into mortal hearts, Gorgo, Mormo, moon of a thousand faces, cast a favorable eye upon our sacrifices. She's a triune god, so I'm wondering if the three mothers are, in fact, part of Hecate. Uh, one question for you is, how are you going to oppose a god? No. You're thinking to yourself. Oppose, appease. I'm not sure that gods exist. I'm just sure that there's something out there that calls itself gods. I don't know how the ancients sometimes could do it by saying the right words or. Mm -hmm. And so you throw yourself deeper and deeper into the occult and into mythology. So what lessons did you learn from your experiences with the three sisters? I think the strongest one was not to give up hope, not to despair that there's always something worth living for, even if it's it needs to be something not selfish, other people. Okay. Wonderful. All right, so let's move on to Everett. So Everett goes back to New Mexico 
returns um, to be with Penelope and continuing on with his uh, his thesis. Um, and the research, I think, takes on a bit of a new character. Um, particularly interested in the ways in which the um, contemporary American religion um, formulates negative emotions as as a personification. So this kind of um, the ways in which yeah, contemporary American religious practices try to convince people that they can physically defeat things like grief, like sorrow, like despair. So as, as opposed to embracing them or acknowledging them, acknowledging the status in our life, how we continually deceive ourselves into the notion that we can defeat things. Wonderful. What about Giovanni? Um, he, I think both he and Laura might, maybe some of the rest of the family would go some type of like grief counseling. Um, if anything, he might accompany Laura, like even pushing her to, mm -hmm. to do this because she's going through a lot, a lot of sorrow. Um, he would also try to go Especially what he had learned uh, going through the notes, um, uh, he will attempt not only attend grief, uh, grief counseling, but some type of therapist to help him. It won't be the first time. Uh, he's been through a lot in his life, um, but he's just for this two for the next two months, he's gonna try his best to go to therapy regularly because. He's went through the loss of his wife three years ago, and now he's going through the loss of his little brother. Um, trying okay. to find a way to go on, uh, or the drive to still go on. And what did you learn with this newfound knowledge? Um, that, like, is it, if anything, is it worth it? Like, um, seeing that these forces are still around, are, are around us, he's... Um, He's just wondering, is is there a way to stop it? Is there a way to banish them temporarily? If anything, he's unsure. Uh, like if it took, since it took Andy, uh, he fears that, yeah, Rooster is right. Um, it might take me, he might take his, his kids who are going to college right now. Um, he he's very conflicted. He's he's very confused. He's he's trying to make sense of it. Like, uh, if anything, he's struggling on what he should learn or take from it. Is there a way to defeat it? Is there a way to stop it? Is it better just to give in to it, just to make at least a passing to death much easier? Uh, it's. It's, it's a lot of thoughts going through his head, especially when he works as an auto mechanic. He's trying to um, processing these things while he's working. Even he might be even be distracted. He's struggling what to learn or what to take from it or what to do. All right, and perhaps it's going to take him quite a bit to figure that out. Yeah. However, it gets to the point where sometime late in December. You all find yourselves traveling through the desert. 
all of you are in the car. Rooster is striving. And this seems to be a dream. Everyone, it's a dream. Don't worry. Where are we going? <sighs> there is cacti and familiar scrub abound. Um, looks kind of like a southwestern desert in the United States. I think we're in Suspiriorum territory. Don't want to be back here. I would really like to wake up right now. What am I doing here? Why are you guys here? Uh, Giovanni, you're here. Okay. I warned you. I did warn you. The vehicle I mean, is large enough. It's a, it's a big SUV. And ahead of you is a pale colored building directly ahead of you. That is um, it's a restaurant. Uh... Oh, no, not a restaurant, but a church, an old mission style church with adobe walls. Hmm. Want to take a look? Maybe your brother's inside. Uh, he looks. He looks over. Um, hey, this might be long, a contacting point. Oh, of course, you could just as easily be a demon pretending. <laughs> so this is a T intersection, and there's no one else for miles. Is there a no. billboard? No. Okay. And is there a name of the church? There's no name on the church. There is no name on the church. And as you pull up, a voice in the rearmost seat speaks up and it says, This is it. The door opens and you're seeing Kurt Winter. Kurt. He is walking into the church. There's Kurt. How did we check in on him? He was did yeah, not I've, sound good the last time we talked. I've to been him trying either. to keep a hold of him. Have I have I talked to him lately? Uh, no, you have not been able to get into contact with him. Like number, phone, it's not. It's like offline. I uh, I point to the the T intersection and I say, "Hey, Nate, you know, remember?" Yeah, I remember something like this. Hey, let's let's hold. Let's get a hold of Kurt here. I mean, we got a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, hey, he's, well, he's walked into the church at this point. All right. Yeah, let's catch up. Hey, hold up. He ignores you. And he steps inside the dark church, seemingly empty. There are a lot of shuttered windows. Okay. Uh, is, the, is it an abandoned church? Is it got candles burning? Is it? it does not have any candles burning. It is okay. looks like it has taken a pummeling from the desert environment. Is there a big old cross hanging up over the altar or no? Uh you haven't stepped inside yet. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll step inside. All of you? I'm dragging yeah. at the rear, but yeah, I'll go. Yeah, let let's go. He's Giovanni is hesitantly going. Yeah, I think I'll hang back with June. I don't want to be don't want to be the first person in there. Sure, uh, Giovanni is confused. All right, just kind of explaining. That's our that's our friend Kurt. We're, we've been worried about him. We haven't seen him in a while, and he's not doing too well. 
Andy mentioned a curve um, once when we last talked. So this is him. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you step into the darkened interior, the door slams shut behind you, and then the church is bathed with light. It's enormous inside. It's a cathedral. There's huge two-story stained glass windows adorning each side and rear walls. And there are beautiful ornate designs of various mythical female trios. You see the Gorgons, you see the Fates. Hmm. And at the pulpit is a figure in a priest's cossack. They have the most brilliant green eyes and they have a ponytail. And as she speaks, it becomes very apparent that it's a woman talking. She starts to she she starts by saying this uh, the sermon. The topic is the sanctity of motherhood. And you're seeing a lot of people channel in through the aisles. And she waits and smiles at them. Once again, with these glittering green eyes, you're seeing a lot of people you know. You see the victims of La Llorona, some of the children. You're seeing Milton. You're seeing Andy. He's there. Jerry Nagel, Jeremy Brenton, Nick Karras. Familiar faces. And then there's, of course, Frank Ryder. Hey, Frank. There's Enrique Echeverria. There's Barry Phillips. There's even Weston. I mean, if no one's going to stop Giovanni, he's actually going to try going over to Andy, yelling, yeah. yelling out to him. I'll, uh, I'll sit down. Okay. Yeah. Um, they all look like they are at peace, and they welcome you to sit down and to listen. Now, are we seeing people that we also know are alive? Uh, Weston Pines is alive. Yeah. Yeah, not everybody's dead. This is a dream. Weston Pines? Or Brigham McCullen? Oh, sorry, sorry. Brigham McCollum. I'm getting my games mixed up. <laughs> West, Weston, Weston Pines was McCollum's partner who died. Uh, yeah, Weston Pines is there. Oh. And Brigham is there. And yeah. as far as you know, Barry's alive. Yeah, yeah. But I think I'm going to sit next to Frank. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... Giovanni's going to sit next to Andy. <laughs> Oh, by the way, is my brother here? No. No. Hurt is here. He's looking really anxious. Yeah, I'm I'm not sitting down. I mean, Everett doesn't know any of these people, um, really. Yeah, I'm kind of hovering back near the door. Yeah, that's fine. I am too, honestly. I I do not want to be a part of this anymore. You see Kurt almost panicking. He's he looks towards you, eyes wide. He's like, I, I'm not supposed to be here. Well, then let's get out. And then 
the woman begins to speak. She begins to speak of Eve, the mother of us all. She speaks about how human sin was not born of the mother Eve, but of her son Cain, who murdered his brother Abel. And born also of Lilith, Adam's first wife, who was spurned by Adam and his god, turned out into the waste beyond Eden, where she consorted with the forces of darkness and spawned monstrous beings, beings whom the angels then slew. And how much later Mary bore the child Jesus, whose sacrifice saved all of mankind. Mothers all, the priest cries. Mothers of good, mothers of evil. Motherhood is the most sacred and profane of all of God's gift to man. There are some, however, who spurn this gift, and if they whom God punishes most harshly. The woman who slays her own children is not only mad, she is an abomination to her God and her gift. Such a woman may drown her children, as did Lady Montescalaros, uh, or Susan Smith, or Andrea Yates. They are all cursed, like La Llorona of legend. Forever will they rue their blasphemy. They will walk the earth forever in the loneliest places, and they shall never rest, and their crimes shall serve as a lesson to others. But there are other mothers too, mothers of legend. Clytemnestra, wife of the hero Agamemnon, and the mother of uh, Orestes, Orestes who murdered his mother, who was pursued by the Furies, the ancient avengers of legend, for the murder of a mother by her child is the most vile crime imaginable. And she looks at all of you with her glittering green eyes. And then there are the mothers of us all, the sorrows. They are not to be feared, for it is their duty to guide man on his journey between the gates of life and death. They are here to inspire him, to move him to greater things, to mourn him and his failures. They complete his existence. And she looks... And the crowd nods, and they become skeletal, and they all disappear. The door to the back opens up. Hi, Frank. Yeah, how about her? Is she still there? She's still there. She's watching. This all about. Uh... I'm gonna raise my hand. Yes. Didn't Clytemnestra kill her husband in the bathtub? And that's kind of why the kid killed her? Still a sin. Of course it's a sin, but... You've done well to come this far. Your answers lie within. And she gestures towards the crypt. Mm-hmm. And fades away. Is the door to the outside still closed? No, it, no, it opens. opened. Oh. She's just offering to let us go in and find a deeper truth. Whatever that is. I think I've had enough truths for a lifetime, to be honest. Okay. Um, I want to go in deeper. Okay. I'll go with you. Okay. I'm, I'm not. Wait, did Kurt disappear? Yeah, Kurt's gone. He turned to bones and disappeared just like everybody. Uh, he didn't turn into bones. He just yeah. left. No, he just faded. Oh. Okay. So my guess is that this might be Hecate, or whatever spirit calls herself Hecate. And she might be pissed off about the three mothers. 
but I'd like her to explain to us why the three mothers were were fucking with us. What 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 answer are you hoping for? I'm just I don't know. Mostly just curiosity. Um, I I learned I learned enough. I'm with he gestures to uh Edwards. I'm I'm not gonna go in. Okay. Nathaniel, let's go find out what's going on. Yeah, I gotta know what's past that. Everett, you interested? I mean, I do have some slight curiosity, but I mean, this is the truth according to to them, right? Like it's yeah. There is no. I mean, quite honestly, if God shows up or Jesus or whatever and talks to us, you don't have to believe it. It might not be who it claims to be. But let's, I say, hear it out. All right, who's stepping outside? Outside isn't no. like leaving. Outside. Not being yeah. a part of it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Giovanni's going. If anything, he, yeah, he's not going to go deeper. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't feel a need to hear these things out more that's probably just so, a dream um, anyway i'm gonna go outside with you and giovanni okay. okay wonderful so the two of you start to go down these crypt stairs into the darkness and then those of you who are going outside you step out into the desert where there is Coming up behind you is a black Mustang convertible, and she pulls up right behind your parked car, and it's this woman. She's he's a beautiful brunette, wearing dark sunglasses, a black blouse, and jean shorts. There's a Doberman sitting in the black the back seat, staring at those of you outside, and she says, "Impressive, isn't it?" And then she no. nods at desolate church well it's a lot more interesting inside than outside uh who are you according to who uh the mothers well i i, I think it's safe to assume that the mothers and myself have a very different uh very different opinions on aesthetics hmm no, well, regardless about the impressiveness of the inside there's definitely compared. some answers you're looking for am i am i looking for answers i'm not the one to judge um and who, who are you yes who are you i'm just passing by well um well that's the whole desolations before you don't stop on my account. She gestures towards the church and she gestures towards your parked car. And then she just guns it, kicking up dust. Ah, I was about to say nice convertible. <laughs> Looks like it's maintained well. Uh, 
Do you know that person? Have you seen her before? Is I think this supposed I to be a dream? Seeing something like this in one of the drawings that Kid drew. We showed you the drawings, Giovanni, didn't we? Something there was a Doberman, yeah, there was a woman with three dogs. I mean, it wasn't clearly Doberman, I think, but... And then I think Rooster and Nathaniel maybe even had a dream, possibly, about this woman as well, when we were here last. But, yeah, I don't know. So, we just stand here and wait for those two to be done finding this truth? Finding but, the but... great answers to the universe, or whatever, I guess. Got it. Yeah. So you wake up. The three of you. Perhaps with sweat. Perhaps not. Maybe panic breathing. Those of you who went into the crypt. You find yourselves. Entering an ancient. Underground. Crypt. Which. And all around you as you're heading down. The stairs. You are hearing a choir, and there is a voice, an old ancient voice, beckoning you from deeper within, and it says, Come. All right. Yeah. If we're going down into the underworld, uh, once again, Hecate comes to mind. Crouched next to a bonfire as a naked ancient hag in where several passages meet three to be exact there are hanging vines festooned with skulls and bones and this ancient hag laughs and she looks at you expecting you to ask questions where are you um yeah Antea, Enodia, Hecate. Gorgo, Mormo, Thousand-Faced Moon. So was you behind all this? She shakes her head no and cackles. Well, I mean, I guess my one question is all the research that I've been doing lately and running across your mythology, how much of it is true? Are all of you, it. in fact, all of it? All of it. Do you have a relationship then with the Mothers of Sorrow? What is the nature of that relationship? I am all encompassing. I am simply what humanity has made of me. So they're aspects of you. She nods again and cackles. You know, our only opposition was self-defense. In fact, I was quite grateful to Suspiriorum. Then we have done our show. job. Is the this only the one? End? No. Good. We only want what is due to us. 
um, honey, uh, apples, onions, eggs. What what would you like? What can Recog we do for you? Recognition. Hmm. Should I start the new Church of Hecate? You could. Would that make you happy? Perhaps you could do what De Quincey gave them, the sorrows. Write a poem. You know, I'll be honest with you, poetry isn't much nowadays. A few academics study it, and most people disregard it. Religion, too, is kind of dying out. People try, but it's getting a little, little freaky weird. And she leans in and she says, but people still believe. Some do. But they want to see things. They don't want to... Uh, they don't want to just go in on faith anymore. She nods. I mean, look, first of all, I'm going to make an assumption, but I'm a male. So I don't know how useful I will be to a female goddess. Um, aren't your priests usually female? The Quincy was male. That's true. That is true. Will you, would you be willing to teach me the mysteries of the universe? You will see me again very soon. Okay, before you go, I'm not going to hurt people. The hag nods sagely. This is Nathaniel, by the way. <laughs> I know who he is. Good. Great. Um, that's what I want. <clears throat> How are you going to bring people over to you by putting people through what we've been through? I've made you all stronger and more resolute. Have we not? Oh, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kill yeah. the one. Make it. And this is at this point, you you both wake up. Are we are we all separated? Miles, we're we're in different oh, places. Oh yeah. Hmm. Is it middle of the night or is it morning when we wake? Uh, it is the morning. I'm going to make a group text. Yeah, group text. Like, I just had the weirdest dream about everyone. <laughs> yeah, did that just happen to you guys, too? Yes. Yeah. You I'm going to just be... Dot, dot, Give me dot. the cold. Did you learn a rooster? rooster? I'm sorry, what was that? I'd, I'll, I'd like a, a cult roll. Did you learn all the secrets of the universe? Uh, I'm about Same for to. you, Nathaniel. Where's my coat? I, uh, hard. Okay. So you recognize the, uh, Thomas De Quincey's name. He wrote Lavana in Our Ladies of Sorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and even though he was male and he made this, this work of art for the sorrows, right? He, even though he was a lifelong drug addict, but he, he lived a long and full life. 
So that's what became of him. Yeah. I am I'm going to hesitate. I'm usually pretty much an open book with Remy, but um, Remy's a doctor. Uh, he doesn't believe in all this occult bullshit. And uh, I think that I'll just, he doesn't really, I don't want to say approve. He doesn't really, he's not enthusiastic about my interest in the occult. He thinks I'm wasting my time and it's stupid. So I'm just not going to discuss it with him. But in the text message, I am saying, well, I kind of think I made a deal with Hecate. She's going to teach me things. I told her I'm not going to hurt anybody. I won't hurt people. But she wants, I don't know, I, I kind of told her that religion is dying. It's no point in trying to start a new religion. We'd end up with a bunch of crackpots. So I don't know, whatever, maybe I'll have another dream and she'll tell me a better pathway to travel. Maybe yeah, a little I esoteric do not like cub. the sound of that. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to say anything in the chat, but June is like, "Oh no!" Leave this him on red. Start to yeah, we, this is we. This is where we we start a separate group text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, if, if you are you making a say, separate group text, what are you saying? Oh, is it with the Giovanni, June, and Everett? The three that did not go in. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. didn't go in. It's like I can't. I'm honestly shocked. I mean. You've known Rooster, I mean, again, I only know you guys from Illinois, but his actions there, what what happened That's in alarming. his mind? Why would he want Why to side he... with these things and learn about well, them? Well, it's, it's, it's as if what, he's speaking as if they revealed some truth or some new way of being, but they haven't done that. It's, they, they just broken down whatever meaning that he had and replaced it with them. It's like he's looking for something to give purpose to his life. Um, Giovanni's got a text like... A, a strange place to find it. Giovanni being older, he's going to mention that uh, Bruce, Brewster has been always a curious kid. So, if anything, yeah, this, he, is a, this, yeah. is, this is a new level of curiosity. Yeah, text is like a boomerang. I, I don't, I can't be associated with this. I just, I'm, I'm trying to move on from all of this. I'm trying to forget all of this. Truthfully, I, I, I don't want to linger here anymore. This has made me such an unhappy person, and I hate the person I've become. I can't be a part of this. I, I need a. Giovanni's going to say I might be late for my therapist. Um. This is too much already. Oh, I, I have, I have plenty of contacts here in New Mexico. If you need a teaching position, you know I might take you up on that. Honestly, uh, I might take you up on that. Right. A new environment. I mean, we identity is so attached to place. You know, if you want to yeah. move past this you that is no, no longer desirable, a new spatial context i yeah, think would only I, do you good yeah just just send me send me send me your contacts yeah i i, I might do that um i'm Thank i'm you. staying here to make sure laura does not do anything oh, yeah, protect rash laura protect the girls absolutely yeah uh if anything um so 
I have some cars to fix today. I need to see uh, my therapist today. I have a full day. Uh, if anything, it's foolish of a rooster to even go down this path. I don't, he's a way different person as he was when I saw him growing up. It's a shame, really. All right. So, Rooster, just as you're finishing up texting the group chat, you get a phone call. Unknown number. Okay. Hello, oh, am I am sure, I speaking to Rooster McManus? It's a <laughs> yeah. female voice. Yeah, my friends call me Rooster, but yeah, oh. that's fine. Yeah, that's what the name says here. I am Dr. Katrina Hackett. And I'm currently, I'm an emergency room doctor at Seven Saints Hospital in Norfolk, uh, Norfolk, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to inform you that you are the the contact for a certain Kurt Winter. Yes. He attempted suicide. Oh, boy. The night before, last night. Uh, he's stable, but in critical condition at the hospital. You, he, since, he, even though he's stable right now, his survival might hinge on having friends and family around him. Yeah. Better his chances. This this young man really needs a friend right now, especially since he doesn't have any surviving family. All right. I will be there. Um, Great. I will catch a flight tonight. And, All right. Uh, be there. I will leave word with the desk so you can get in and see uh, Kurt. All right. Okay. Um, Doc. Um, yes, he's he has a bit of a history with this, so I think you need to post a security. Okay, that should be no problem. Okay, but I will be there tomorrow, probably tomorrow morning. Okay, we'll see you soon. Click. Uh, so I will immediately make arrangements. Okay. To fly. Are you telling anyone else? Um. Uh, yeah. I will probably text everybody and say that Kurt is in the hospital, um, attempted suicide uh, last night. That might have been him in our dream. Uh, I am going to fly out tonight, and I, I tell them what hospital he's in. All right. So at this point, are you are you is everyone going or are they not? I don't. I don't know Kurt, so Everett is not going. Okay. I'll I'll go. I'll go. I think Giovanni will be too preoccupied. Uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah, you don't really yeah. know this guy. Yeah, yeah he just heard Kurt from Andy just a little bit, but yeah, he'll, he'll stay put. If anything, he's going to say, uh, take care of him. If anything, it sucks to feel like that. I know how it is. All right, so we have uh, three people going. You know, Rooster, this, the odd thing in our dream was, remember he was looking real nervous and saying that he, he shouldn't be there? Yeah. Was, I don't know. I think he might have been unconscious. For I, I, The doctor didn't tell me how he had attempted suicide, but uh, she said that he's stable. Um which means that he might have tried drug overdose or he might have tried something else. But uh, she said that we need to be there. So, I mean, I I, I can leave immediately because I've got no no ties. Um, oh, fuck, Ramey. Oh, I'll just have to tell him that I'm off again. 
Um, but I'll 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 be there. I'll be flying out. Uh, you'll probably be flying from somewhere else. Okay, so you can make arrangements to like meet up, just to move this along. Okay. Well, we got phone contacts, so even if I find a place when I get there, I can text them where it is. All right. Uh, just you and June. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the flight to Pennsylvania is pretty rough because there's seasonal storms and it, there's a lot of turbulence. And perhaps you all meet up at Pittsburgh, where you land, and you all probably would get a car together. Yep. And you're going to head up there in the morning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we got to get some sleep. Okay. Great. No dreams. It's a restful night. You have your rental car. You know where the hospital is located in North Fork. And, well, there is... It's definitely snowing on the road because it's the winter. I'll take a drive roll where we're driving. Rooster, you behind as always. 84. All right, so you definitely have a bad skid on the ice and you bump your car and like it's pretty scary but there's no damage to you but it leaves your heart so beating a little faster yeah i hate these adventurous rides sorry about that folks that's right it's fine are you talking about anything on the right i think yeah i'm kind of quiet i'm getting away from boston you're going to leave Boston? I think. Everett said he had some friends who might be able to help me get a teaching job out there. And I just Ooh. think I need to get away for a little while. Move out to the desert? Yeah, I don't... I just... Boston's... Too many bad memories, you know? I, uh... I love Boston so much. But Great I do town. occasionally want to go get out into the wilderness. Connection with nature. Nature's good for you. Makes you feel... Good inside. I'm an indoor person myself, but <laughs> I thought I might try spelunking. I, I, I kind of got an interesting itch to scratch. I uh, can't imagine there's many caves around Boston. No, nothing around there. Not sure what I, how far I would have to go, but they say some cave systems are really spectacular. And just be careful. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go. I don't know anything about it, so I wouldn't go without a guide. Yeah. All right. A few minutes later, you reach the hospital. It's a modern building. And as you walk in, you the receptionist looks up at you. Uh, yes. Hi. Um, we're here to see uh, Kurt Winter. Uh, my name is uh, Rooster McManus. I should be on the list. Um, uh, checks his notes. Call uh, who, who are you sitting? Rooster, come on. Colm McManus. Rooster, you can't tell him your name is Rooster. It's never official, uh, right? It's Colm McManus. Yeah, but I think that's what the doctor thinks. Right. Well, um, um, I'm not. I'm not seeing you here. Are you? Kurt Winters. Are you 
Kerwinter, okay. He types on his computer, does a quick search. Okay, well, he checked out actually earlier this morning. Oh. Uh, but the name, uh, you can talk to his doctor, Dr. Uh, Dr. Tatiana. Megan. No, Megan Miller. Megan Miller. Miller. I thought you said the yeah. doctor's name was Tatiana. She's in the emergency room right now. Oh, it's a Russian name, though. Uh, like Tatiana. You're the one that talked to a rooster. I don't know. Do you do you have a doctor named? I I didn't write down the last name. Tatiana. It was Katrina Hackett. And oh, Katrina. Hackett. Okay, yeah. Katrina Hackett. They do not. Um. Like this. All right. Do you wanna do you wanna talk to Doctor Miller? Sure. Okay. So you wait about thirty minutes. And then a very pretty young blonde in her late 20s, looking very tired but and busy, she comes out and she says, uh, yes, you were asking about a patient of mine? Yeah, Dr. Dr. Miller. Um, uh, first of all, my name is, uh, my last name is McManus, Cole McManus, but most of my friends call me Rooster. Well, nice to meet I, you. I, I got a call last night from somebody claiming to be uh, Kurt Winter's doctor. Mm, said he didn't have any contact information uh, and he suffered from uh, an overdose of sleeping pills. Yeah, they, they and, said, the person told me that he attempted suicide. Oh no, he said, he said it was an accident. And he wanted to go home earlier this morning, so we checked him out. Oh, yeah, but Doc, he, we we flew out here from Boston because of this. He has a history with depression. I can't. You didn't look into this. No, I Overdose simply. On sleeping, how could you not look into this? Overdose on sleeping pills. Did he give a, a an address or? A... I don't know if I can give that to you. I mean, we flew out here just. We just arrived. All right, then I'll take a persuasion roll or a interpersonal skill roll with a bonus die, because now someone's life on the line. Twenty-six. Uh, what is my interpersonal? I can't actually see with these glasses. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll spend one point of luck to make it a regular. Okay, so she basically violates HIPAA and gives you the address uh, of where he's staying at. All right. And it's close by. It's maybe 15, 20 minutes away. And I'm going to try and text him or phone him. Okay. Yeah, he's not responding. So they, at this point, it's a mixture of rain, sleet, and snow. Oh, Oh, dangerous. Just be careful. Get just put the phone down, Rooster. Please, just focus on the road. I'll try texting him. All right. All right. So you're making frantic phone calls to, to Kurt. Yes. yes, but I'm driving very carefully. All right. And at this point, give me a drive roll. Uh oh, six. That's excellent. Okay. So you narrowly 
just like break as you see a car run a stop sign at a T intersection. And okay. it violently strikes another car on the side. Oh. And it's a brutal crash. And this area, it's well lit by uh, uh, the sun. Actually, no, the streets lights are on because there's a storm. There's a large billboard facing the intersection advertising a buy three, get one free deal at a local tire store. Oh, the other car's dream, horn it? blares continuously. 911, call 911. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling, calling, calling. So the driver of that said crash car who ran the stop sign, he's slumped at the wheel, and his passenger is a woman, and she's screaming in a shrill voice, Oh my God, my baby, my baby, Troy. Oh God, no, not you, Troy. And then you can see that this man's not doing well. Yeah. Yeah, he okay. suffered a head, head injury, chest injury. we, we got to help. We can't leave. Yeah. So we, I jump out. I, I'll call the... And, yeah, I'm calling the ambulance, and then I'm calling... After that, I'm calling to see if someone would do a welfare check. Oh, I don't know Kurt's address. Never mind. Okay, just the ambulance. Right, and on top of that, you're helping out, which means that's less time for Kurt. I know. So you make that conscious decision. I think legally we have to help. Right. All right, so you're going to approach the car then, trying to see what's going on. Uh, there's uh, some other people walking around. They're calling 911 as well. There's a jogger. And then you start to notice that this woman in the car accident, she's very pregnant. Do I smell gasoline? No. Okay. I'm going to go around and try to help her out of the car okay. carefully if she's not injured. Uh, all right. She, she grabs you by the arm. He says, I think the baby's coming. Okay. Let's uh let's get you out of the crashed car. Uh, yep. there is an ambulance coming. Okay. And at this point, uh a nurse jogs down the street. She is a middle aged black woman. Rushing she rushes to you. She turns to you, Rooster, and says, My name's Abigail, I'm a nurse. You're gonna have to help me here. Pregnant woman. Yeah, I yep. know at her. We got two problems, neither one can wait. So, uh, what's everyone else doing? Yeah, I called 911. Did they mm -hmm. say they were coming? All right. Go ahead, Nathaniel. So, we've got a couple of big problems, and I'm just going to... I'm going to assist where, where needed. Okay. And while you ponder what to do, from behind you, there is a voice that says, What should I do? And you see a dirty, wet troll of a woman who has rolled a shopping cart in front of your car and it's just piled to the top with uh, beer cans, bottles a baseball bat and bags from fast food restaurants stay away you're going to tell her that? Yeah. well we got a nurse and we've got we've got me alright, uh, there is I, a man I... bloodied in the car I, I tell the nurse, too, you're going to have to tell me what to do because I don't have a clue. Yeah, and she, she does. And then she screams towards you, Nathaniel's like, get him out of the car. Make sure he's okay. And she, and uh, as you rush towards the man in the crashed car, Nathaniel, you see this, once again, this old woman. She says, oh, the man will be fine, dear. You, maybe not so much. 
I'm not taking that on faith. Um, I'm going to try to assess the man because if he's been in a wreck, I don't know if he's had some sort of a spinal injury, and I don't know if mm-hmm. moving him right now is actually the best. Right, guy. right. Yeah, how much first aid do you have? Pretty decent. Um, 64. 64. Was that a fail or a pass? Oh, I have... I got a fail. All right. You want to spend luck? I don't have enough for that. What am I attempting? What is this role for? Uh, You think he needs to get put out of the car. He needs to become comfortable. Gosh. So that's what's going through Nathaniel's head is I got to get him out of the car. Yeah, that's that's your knowledge of first aid. Okay, he's moving the patient. (laughs) He starts screaming. It's not good. Not good. Uh... But eventually, the baby is delivered, Rooster, with your help. And there is uh, a new life that enters the world. But there is... And at this point, there's dogs that start barking. And the old lady, she starts twirling and dancing in the street, smiling all the time. And at this point, the ambulance shows up. I'm I'm going to call 911 and see if I can convince them that urgently they need to go do a welfare check on Kurt because I forgot I do have his address. Okay. Yeah. They pick up and they say, hey, we'll we'll go and we'll handle things. Great. At this point, the nurse abigail she says so well nicely done mister thank you very much first baby i've ever delivered right you got any candy wipes oh yeah i've got some in my car (laughs) and as you she hands you the handy wipes and you start wiping yourself out the old woman as she's singing and dancing in the street she's she's just muttering a time to live a time to die Uh, I'm going to, as I'm cleaning up and feeling quite elated, uh, I'm going to walk over to her and, uh, say, uh, um, not sure which one you are, Tenebrarum, Lacrimarum, Susperiorum. She she smiles and walks away. You have somewhere to be. Yeah, I know the poem though. I know the poem. Alright, All so right. you get back into your cars and you just rush or are you saying fuck this? No, I mean we gotta make sure everything's okay here, but then we've got yeah, some you take your go, statements so. and all that. Yeah. We're gonna be careful in driving. Maybe the so, guy's probably gonna guys- sue Nathaniel. But who knows? Did you guys pick up on who the old woman was? Remember the poem? The old homeless woman? Yeah. She just seemed like a crazy person. Yeah, but she might have been possessed by, I don't know. I can't remember which one shows up first when you're born. Lacrimarum, I think. Or, I mean, uh, uh, Tenebrarum? I don't remember. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being silly. No, you could have been something there that was a little bit on the nose 
She'll be there the, the day you're... She'll, what is it she touches your lips when you're born? Cool. I think she's not going to name it after me, thank God. We don't need any more roosters in the room. <laughs> All right. So you are Fun going trick. to rush to Kurt's house because he might be dying. Uh, all right, so heading into the address, there's already some police cars. And at this house, you see the police just leaving. They look pretty satisfied and like they, like nothing's wrong. And they get into the car and just drive away. Okay, as we're arriving. Yep. Can we catch right. one? Uh, if you want, if you want to. Wave one down. Yeah, hey, what, did, did you find anything? Is he home? Uh, no. Everything's fine. Like, we, we got a call for a you know, checkup and... Yeah, we called. He may have attempted suicide last night, and they let him go from the hospital. And this is his address. We're here to check on him. Well, I'm sure you can do that. The, the missus is nice. Misses. Okay. Uh, but he's not home? Well, the missus is home. But he's not. No, he's at work. All right. I didn't know he was married. He wasn't. He was with Maddie like a couple months ago. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Um, yes, thank you very much. All right. Maybe it's a roommate, and the uh, the policeman doesn't know. Maybe any it's a difference. roommate. Maybe it, maybe he gave the hospital a fake address. Maybe. All right. So you're gonna head over to the suburban yeah. house. Yeah. Yes. House. Right. Well. Yeah, it's a house. It's not an apartment. So you knock on the door, mm-hmm. and a woman answers the door. She looks about fifty years old, medium height and build. She's got. Short dark hair, shot through with gray. There is definitely a family resemblance to Kurt. He says, hello? Oh, hi, um, Mrs. Winter? Uh, yes. Oh, we're Kurt's friends. Oh, Kurt. Kurt's, um, Kurt's taking a rest right now. Uh, yeah, we flew out from, uh, Boston. Uh, we so heard he was you? in the hospital. We're old friends. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you come on in? Thank you. I'm gonna lean over to Rooster and say Kurt didn't have any family. True. And you're starting to notice that her eyes are a brilliant green. Okay. Um. So. Um. Are are you Kurt's? Uh, I'm Kurt's wife mother. Your mother. Okay. Okay. Can we see Kurt, please? Of course, he's right upstairs. All right. Mother. Um. Yeah, I'll go up. She doesn't follow you. Okay. All right. And you can see. that the door is ajar to one of the bedrooms.
Okay. Eat. I'll walk up to the door and open up. Kurt? All right. And you all step in, and that's when you find yourselves in total darkness. No light switch? No, like everything is dark as the void of space. And then it and then it just materializes. You're in some wooded outdoor area. There are dogs barking savagely. You're in a forest, and up the hillside ahead of you are some ruins. And that is up the hill. Oh, this is getting old, isn't it? I mean, when deities want to converse with you, can't they just like have coffee? I'm reaching or... back, looking for a door. I'm There's assuming no it's door. not there, but I'm looking for the door. There is just the darkness of the of this forest. Sorry, folks. Here we there, are again. There is torchlight. Yeah, up I'll on start, the hill. I'll start walking forward. I think this is where we're supposed to go. Okay. And all around you, there's dogs barking. And as you head up the hill, you can see that there's a lot of pillars ringing a black altar of stone. These pillars look Greek. And on the altar, lying motionless, is Kurt Winter. He's in sweatpants and t-shirt. His eyes are closed, and he has a curved silver dagger with an onyx handle next to him, beside his head. Is he awake or asleep? He looks like he's asleep. He looks at peace. All right. Um, run over and move. Well, get that knife away from him because he's shown that can't be trusted with things like that careful it looks like a ritualistic dagger of some sort don't want to cut yourself right um i'll go up to him uh is he restrained at all like tied down no he looks laid out like he's asleep he looks at peace There's very shallow breathing. Hurt. Tap him on the face. He doesn't respond. And then something in the lighting changes. It looks like someone carrying a torch is approaching these ruins. As it gets closer, is it a woman? Three. Three women. Three women. On the perimeter of this circle. They are dressed in dark hooded robes. They stop while still still amid the brush and they call out at the same time. We mean no harm. We would confer with thee. All right. Um, Much of a choice then, do we? Welcome, Mother Sorrow. So they all walk forward into the circle and they and they are all hooded and then they say we would 
have you see our faces while we speak so that you may have faith in the truth in the truthfulness of our words and they unhook there is one that is old there's one that is very young a maiden and there is one in the middle Hail three of you. Yes. We want what is due. And for that, you must make amends. Or What do you feel is your due? They all have these dazzling, beautiful green eyes. And she says, they all point at Kurt at the same time. You can't have Kurt. This one belongs to us. This is not in dispute. He has always been ours, and and today we claim him. Today he dies, not by our choice, but by his. This is as much our failure as his, mind you. We did not choose this for him. We sought to make him into something different, something memorable. But it was not to be. He has broken rather than flown. So today he will die, and you, you have slain our sisters. And for this, you two must pay. By all rights, you belong to us. And oh, we would so love to collect on that debt, but we are merciful. We shall give you the choice. Give winter to us, and your debt is paid. Refuse this simple request, and your lives belong to us. I'm going to hand Rooster the dagger. Sacrifice him. Look, I've already told Hecate I'm not going to hurt anybody. And the fact is, uh, we can't. Sorry. And we don't think that you have, you've tormented us. And you think that we need to make amends. We haven't killed your sister, the sisters. We've delayed them a bit. Um, so the answer is no. Take the knife, take his life, and you will be free of us. No. He will not survive look, look, today, regardless. Look, look I, I let June and and uh, Nathan go, Nathaniel go. They're not really part of this. But they are. I'm not going out anywhere unless we all go. You can see that he has slain himself. He is already dead by his own hand. You can make this peaceful for him and be rid of us. I don't believe anything you're saying. I'm going to go over to Kurt and listen for a heartbeat. It's really faint. There is not. It's weak. Look, he's not dead. Well, we would be willing to hear other options. Go pick on somebody else. What what do you want? Hecate has said that she wants representation in the real world. I told her I would be willing 
to at least on my own terms do that but I can do the same for you but I won't kill people I won't hurt people now if Kurt's committed suicide then there'll be no way that I can stop him from dying but I'm not going to plunge a knife into his heart sorry we would be willing to listen to this art or way that you will have us represented what are you thinking of i don't know i haven't had much time to think about it that the, the and I, i'm gonna be it's almost ridiculous barking i'm like saying look starting a new religion will be difficult and probably fail completely because there's a lot of new religions and they're all nuts I'm you would know that Thomas De Quincey didn't start a religion. He just created artwork. Yeah, but like I told Hecate, people don't read poetry much anymore. I mean, what talents do I have? What talents do I have? I'm a photographer. Uh, I'll do a collage. <laughs> you want art? I can throw myself into art. You want... And at this point, they'll start to converse with each other quietly. You hear, what would he create? Novel, history, painting, song, opera? And then they turn all to you and say, it must be something worthy of us. Jeez. If you decide on this, we are willing to extend Kurt's life. Okay, well, look. Up until the completion of your work. I'll, I'll work on it. I mean, I'll I'll come up with something, but I at the moment I I'll have to think about it. I mean, I'm agreeing. I'll do it. I just don't know what it is yet. And they look at June, and they look at Nathaniel. Wait, you're gonna so you're gonna let them make a work of art about you and delay just still killing Kurt after it's done. He will not survive today without our intervention. I mean, we could talk Kurt back in. Kurt just needs a friend. Why don't you just so give give him another chance and just let him live out the rest of his days? He, he already might. took his choice. Now, we are willing to give you 30 years to create this masterpiece for us. Mm-hmm. What happens to me after? Well, I, I'm 30 years. That's. And if it is not satisfactory, something. you will all be punished. Right, we're going to need some parameters here. How about you don't include the two of them? It's just, just, just me. Let June and, and Dan go home and live their lives. Dan's got a family. I'll, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Music, art, poetry. It is either the three of you contribute to this uh, masterpiece that is worthy of us, or you take Kurt's life right now. 
what choice do we have? We can't take his life. So, yes, well, I mean, I. what do you say, Dan? I mean, what do you say, uh, Nathan Nathaniel? And 30 Shane? years, nothing to sneeze at. It's uh, better than right now. It is better than three, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. I'll help you with it. I mean, um, pretty good at pros, and uh, I, I, I can track down a lot of original source material. I might even have some stuff in my shop. You know, we could start by writing down the entire story of what we have gone through in the last three years. I mean, we've got that much material. We also have a lot of material because we've been ghost hunters for most of our lives. And we can create a game of this. A game? Yeah. Who would want to play a scary, creepy horror game? Um, I don't know, but the idea of writing a book or a novel or a, a religious treaty, I mean, we've got we can talk to Everett. He's got a lot of education in that direction. We will be checking in on you. Okay. Try to be discreet. Agreed. Save, let Kurt live. Is everyone in agreement here? June? Fine. And there's a ear-to-ear smile on all three of their faces. And as this deal is made, there's a sudden feeling of, of impact. And you are back in Kurt's room, and his eyes flutter open, and he gasps for air. And that is where we will end this campaign. You owe us one, Kurt. Thanks for playing. Thanks for running it. It's a very interesting Call of Cthulhu campaign, to say the least. Right. So basically, Hecate or the three sisters, they are a product of humanity. They are everything that mythology which is a product of humanity and they, they are a combination and amalgamation of all these ideas and these myths they're usually negative which is why the sisters are usually negative they have grief sorrow all the bad things in the world this could actually be your chance to make a new mythology rewrite them as something more uh optimistic if it gets popular this is the age of the internet now. That's true. I mean, we could spread the information around. And you're also becoming cultists, basically, for Hecate. Yeah, yeah, make a TikTok. Yeah, but then again, you know, there are musicians who are, you could, you could almost call, you know, um, what are the Biebers called? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the rock music is kind of a cult. Not a cult, but a cult of followers. Right. We could become the new Game of Thrones people. The Game of Bones, that'll be the name of our, uh, 
book. Yeah. And podcast. Yeah. This this campaign was really about getting like going through hard times and enduring it and keeping a and it's all how you look at it really. Honestly, it was extremely inter- interesting the whole story. Very introspective. Very pleasant, very interesting. Definitely um, getting inside the writer's head. It's um very emotional, you know. Yeah. Like it's very emotionally and there's a lot of emotional investment in this one. It's it's really intriguing. For those that survived, the three sisters have made them stronger emotionally. That's why your sand was so high at the end. Well, especially Susperiorum, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's and you can choose to be wrapped up in that case, be wrapped up with the past and forgiveness that you don't move on with your life at all. You just die or you do accept it. And then you move on just like rooster did just like uh, Nathaniel's child did. So they're all teaching you these lessons and it's really like Darwinism survival of the fittest. Cause you either go insane and snap or you die or you move on. Well, Alex, thank you very much for running yes, this entire you. campaign. It's very you're welcome. It's it was it was very heavy in a very good way. Right. And uh cool. Our players included Holly Buto, Morgan Llewellyn, Dan DePolis, Nell Hipple, and myself with Alex Sun as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members, you can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastery. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month. No. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.